0: All right, so last week we covered uh, in Sunday school, we covered uh, uh, some of the kings and first kings that were um, rapid succession of the throne due to violence, drama, intrigue, that kind of thing. And so my wife had to have been sick, so she stayed home and she watched it on uh, Facebook, Sunday school. And when I got home, she says, You know, that was a lot like Game of Thrones. Now, me personally, I made it through. Half of an episode of Game of Thrones, and that was all I ever watched of it. She happened to like it, so she always watched it when I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you a thing about it. But she told me about it, and she said that this was like that. Now, that garnered a huge number of people watching it every week. Why isn't the Bible sold like that? It is a fascinating read when you get down to it. So, last week. Not, not yesterday, but the week before. We finished Sunday school with uh, Ahab, Jeroboam, Basha, Zimri, Amri, Jehoram, and Ahaziah. Now, Ahaziah and, and Jehoram Joram, were kings that Jehu was told to go out and get rid of, and he did. Now, once he got rid of them, they tore down the house of Baal, and all of Baal's prophets were killed in uh, by Jehu and cleansed in the land of Israel. Now, in the land of Judah, uh, Israel had been divided into two lands at this point. In the land of Judah, Athaliah, Jezebel's daughter, was the wife of Ahaziah's, uh, excuse me, Athaliah was the mother of Ahaziah, who was just killed by Jorah. Now, the very interesting thing is what Athaliah did upon receiving news that her son was dead. Her son, the king, was dead. So. Let's go to 2 Kings 11.1. 1. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord, for six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. Okay, so upon finding out that her son has been killed, what does she do? She kills all of the royal seed, every member of the royal seed. And the thing to remember is that she's killing the royal seed, all the, the king's sons and daughters and whatnot. This is her grandson's her granddaughters, her sons. This is her family that she is having murdered. This is not right. Because when it's grandma day, this is the grandma I want, right? No, I don't want this grandma. But if you remember, Athaliah is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. So she's going with what she knows. Because once Ahaziah, her son is killed, somebody else will be um, king, and she's going to lose power. She's doing everything she can to hang on to power, so she kills everybody she can find except for one whose name is Joash, that Jehoshaphat, the the uh, the sister of Ahaziah, Jehoshabba, takes one of the babies, one-year-old, and hits, and they hide this baby out for six years. So Athaliah kills all of the royal seed and proclaims herself king queen, ruler, period. She is the final authority now in the kingdom. It was just very interesting that the first thing she does upon hearing that her son is dead is she kills all of his kids. It's fascinating. Fascinating how she does that. All right. So Jehoshaphat steals one of the sons and puts him in hiding, the real king, the real lineage, uh, not Athaliah. So she steals the son. They go into hiding, and they're hiding for six years. All right, so we're going to go from 11.3 to Second Kings 11.11. 11, and we are now to the point where Athaliah is about to be overthrown, and this is where it gets really interesting how they do this, okay? So the Second uh, Kings 11.11. 11, and the guard stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, Round about the king from the right corner of the temple to the left corner of the temple, along by the altar and the temple. And he brought forth the king's son and put the crown upon him and gave him the testimony. And they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, God save the king. And when Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she came to the people into the temple of the Lord. Now you might ask, what makes this so fascinating? Okay. They are now getting ready to set up the uh the rightful king, Joash, in place. And the person who's getting ready to do this, who, who's got the, the 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 guards in place, who's got everybody in the temple and the, the the real king surrounded and protected by everybody, the person orchestrating all of this is the high priest of God. The high priest of God is the one orchestrating this overthrow of the current ruler. We have not heard a whole lot of priests in this time. Jehu was anointed some 10 years ago. Uh, There was no real prophet activity between then and now. Athaliah has reigned wickedly for six years. So where was the priest and what were they doing all this time? All right, so 2 Kings eleven fourteen. Athaliah has walked in, and she's seen what's going on, and it says, and when she looked, behold, the king stood by a pillar, seven years old, as the manor was, and the princes and the trumpeters by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and blew with trumpets, and Athaliah rent her clothes and cried, treason, treason. But Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers of the host, and said unto them have her forth without the ranges and him that followeth her kill with the sword for the priest had said, let her not be slain in the house of the Lord. And they laid hands on her and she went by the way by the which the horses came into the King's house. And there she was slain and Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the King and the people that they should be the Lord's people between the King also and the people now. So much is going on right here, right now, okay? So Jehoiada, the high priest, has been orchestrating this um, overthrow. Now, here is one of the first things that jumps out at me, is when she looked, the king stood by a a pillar as the manor was, and the princes and the trumpeters by the king, and all of the people of the land rejoiced, and blew with trumpets. Athaliah has been reigning for six years. She is now in the process of being overthrown. All of the people of the land rejoiced. How wicked was this woman that all the people of the land rejoiced when she is being removed from office? That's just, that's, that's fascinating because we don't know what's going on. It doesn't give us all the full details, which sometimes I think we ought to be grateful for. But all the people of the land rejoiced that she is being replaced. That's a sad state of affairs when you were so out of touch that your people are happy you're going away. All right. So for six years, this, this king's been in hiding. And Jehoiada the priest has been raising this boy in the right way. They've been training him. They've been teaching him. They've been uh Instructing him on things to do. So for the last little bit, Jehoiada has been setting up the guards, and he's been setting up the emissaries and the, getting the people ready. So he's been leading this whole rebellious uh, rebellion for like six years. I don't know how long, whether it's been the full six years if it's only been three or four years. I don't know. But Jehoiada has been running this thing, and he has been making it happen. Okay. So that's very interesting. Now, once the king is sworn in, and all the people are 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 Rejoicing, Jehoiada says, Take her out. They take her out, the former queen, who up until 20 minutes ago was queen of the land. They take her out the way the animals go out, the way the animals come in. This woman is so proud, and they are walking her out past people out the way the animals go out. They don't put her in gold clothes, they don't put her in a carriage, they don't carry her out. They walk her out through the animal passage. And they take her out and they kill her because apparently this woman was very, very wicked. So then, once all of this is done, and Jehoiada takes her outside, or has her taken outside and slain because he's not going to spill blood in the house of the Lord. Jehoiada then makes a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people. That is a chain of command right there. Lord God, people are king and people. That's the covenant. Now, for us, it's Lord God, Jesus, and us. There we go. That's the chain of command. But then, once he makes that covenant, he now makes another covenant between the king and the people to make sure both of them serve each other justly. This is fascinating stuff. He's setting everything up the right way. The last few changes of uh, power and kingship have not been this well done. In fact, they've usually been done in violence, if you've been paying attention over the last couple of weeks. So, Athaliah, the self proclaimed ruler, is now dead, and Joash reigns in Israel. But he's not done. Jehoiada still has a whole lot more to do. So now we're going to go to this, because this is interesting. Uh, 2 Kings eleven eighteen. 18. And all the people of the land went into the house of Baal and break it down. His altars and his images break they in pieces thoroughly and slew Matin, the priest of of Baal, before the altars. And the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And he took the rulers over hundreds and the captains and the guards and all the people of the land. And they brought down the king from the house of the Lord and came by the way of the gate of the guards of the king's house and he sat on the throne of the kings. All the people of the land rejoiced. The city was in quiet. They slew Athaliah with the sword beside the king's house. Seven years old was Jehoash when he began to reign. Okay. So just as Jehu tore down all of Baal's stuff and got rid of the priest of Baal, in Israel. So now Je- Jehoiada is getting rid of the priests of Baal and all of Baal stuff in the land of Judah. Now what what I really truly find most interesting here is the land of Judah is the part of Israel where the temple is. Okay? It's the part of Israel where God's stronghold is. Now the interesting thing is that the temple is not some small little piece in the corner. The temple is a massive structure, majestic And Baal just came in and took over this land where people went to worship God. I find that interesting. How did the Israelites who worship God and went to the temple every day allow Baal to become the major religion in the land of Judah? I don't know. It's fascinating. It really is. Uh, If you stop and see the history, so the temple was built 110 years before this, and in 110 years, the temple of God, which the temple dedication was a massive ceremony, 110 years later, 110, so that's what, uh, five generations later, Baal is now the prominent deity. False deity, but deity. It's fascinating. Anyway. All right, so... Then we got this, Jehoash did that which was right in the eyes, in the sight of the Lord all his days, wherein Jehoiada the priest instructed him. So Jehoash listened to instructors, he did everything that was right in the eyes of the Lord all of his days. The priest did his job, made sure he was taught well. Okay, but, and this is a but, and it's a big but throughout all of the Bible in the Old Testament, but the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. Now, I find this interesting because the high places were never supposed to be. So God built the temple and he set the the temple worship up because this is where he's going to be. He's going to be in the temple and people are going to come to the temple to worship him. That is where they're supposed to go. That's where he is. That's where they're supposed to go. High places were built to burn incense and, and sacrifices so that they didn't have to go all the way to to um, Judah because it was such a hard journey. It was very fatiguing journey. So, it, you know, just like today, when people can't get to church, it's the same thing. They didn't want to go to the, the temple. All right. God wanted everybody to go to the temple. People didn't want to go, so they short-circuited the thing and they set up these high places. The problem with the high places is that the priests of God were not there conducting these ceremonies. So this is where the blasphemy and the idolatry started, is in the high places. Almost always the high, the idolatry started in the high places because God wasn't there. The priests weren't there. So the teaching being done there was not God's teaching all the time. So Joash did all that was, was right in the sight of the Lord except for taking down the high places. Okay, so that was half of yesterday's Sunday school. Oh, and the reason it's not on YouTube is we had a technical difficulty. So I'm, I'm redoing it today, and I'm going to do it um, just like this. All right, so the other part of the Joash thing is a problem with the temple, and he solves it, but it's a, it's it's interesting to me, so I'm going to go ahead and recount it with you because it's just – very interesting. First, it shows that Joash and Jehoiada did things the right way. They were smart and they cared about the things of God. Secondly, it also teaches that bureaucracy can defeat itself by just being bureaucracy. People don't, you know, you got the man in charge and then people under them and the people under him always go, well, can I do this? Should I do this? I don't know what to do. Well, we'll wait for them to tell us. Well, in this case, it never got told. So uh, Jehoash said to the priests, all of the money that the dedicated things that is brought into the house of the Lord, even the money of everyone that passeth the account, the money that every man is set at, and all that money that cometh into any man's heart to bring into the house of the Lord, let the priests take it to them, every man of his acquaintance, and let them repair repair the breaches of the house wheresoever any breach shall be found. So the priest, if anybody brings them money for the house of the Lord, Every penny is to be dedicated to rebuilding the temple that's fallen into disrepair because Ahab, Jezebel, and Athaliah all pushed Baal. So the house of the Lord has become uh, damaged, age worn, whatnot. It has been fixed. So now Jehoash wants to take all, or Joash wants to take all the money that comes in and put it to the fixing of the Lord's house. Okay. But it was so that in the three-and-twentieth year of King Jehoash, the priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. So 23 years this guy's been uh, king, 23 years since he laid the decree out to take all the money and repair the breaches, nothing's been fixed. So then King Jehoash called for Jehoiada, the priest, and the other priest and said unto them, Why repair ye not the breaches of the house? Now, therefore, receive no more money of your acquaintance, but deliver it for the breaches of the house. And the priests consented to receive no more money. All right, so they're not taking any more money now. They're going to count the money that they got, and they're going to go fix the house. But Jehoiada the priest took a chest, bored a hole in the lid of it, and set it beside the altar on the right side, as one cometh into the house of the Lord. And the priests that keep that kept the door put therein. All the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. So all these little priests were told, bring your money here. Let's put it all together. We're going to put it in his chest where he just bored a hole in. And we're going to see what we got. And we're going to get to work. All right. And it was so when they saw that there was much money in the chest that the king, scribe, and high priest came up. And they put it up in bags and told the money that was found in the house of the Lord. So they were taking in this money and sitting on it. That's exactly what they were doing. They were sitting on it. They weren't using it for what it was being used for. And the the thing I said about the bureaucracy earlier is bureaucracy, this is what happens. They had all this money sitting there, but nobody was going around gathering it. Nobody was making sure the stuff was done because everybody assumed that everybody else was doing what they were supposed to do, or everybody assumed that it wasn't their job that somebody would come and tell them what to do. Either way, bureaucracy got in the way. It's amazing how that happens. All right. Um, so in 2 Kings 12, 14, they gave money to the workmen and repaired therewith the house of the Lord. And this has always fascinated me. Moreover, they reckoned not with the men into whose hand they delivered the money to be bestowed on the workmen, for they dealt faithfully. They dealt faithfully. So guys were given money to make sure their work was done. The work was done. The workmen's work was done because the guys they gave it to knew their job and they did their job faithfully this was said again um in the days of Josiah when they were rebuilding the temple then because of idolatry again uh they 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 did this and the workmen were not required to give account of the money because they did their job faithfully it's amazing that's that that's a testimony right there so anyway this is just again fascinating stuff when you think about it you got the priest who saved the king and then instructed the king and then set up the king and then set up a covenant between the king, God, and the people. Well, God, the king, and the people. And then he did a separate covenant between the king and the people. And then they cleared out all of Baal. And then they set instructions for things to be run right. Things weren't run right. So when they finally figured out things weren't going right, they went in and they fixed it. It's just amazing the tale of the the the, the details of this life that they did and the way that they did it. And the difference between those who followed God and those who did not, it's, it's its amazing. Athaliah killed all of her grandsons, except one, so she could retain power. Jehoash did everything that he was taught that was right in the sight of the Lord, and he reigned a long time. There was peace when he reigned. When Athaliah reigned, all the people rejoiced when she was taken out. It's amazing that, that just the sheer um, differences and the characters involved here, and in, in, in the, in the 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 way things are going for different people. The prophet of uh, I'm sorry, the queen who, who worshiped Baal was hated by the people because of the atrocities that Baal required. The Lord God and his king were loved by the people because they did it right. They treated the people right because of the covenant that was set in place. It's amazing the the, the reading that goes on in second Kings. Anyway, so next week, what I want to do, uh, I'm doing this for Sunday school, so I'm just going to continue it here. Uh, What I'm, uh, I'm going to do is I'm going to take, we see all the Kings in place, right? Okay. So when, when all of this was first set up, when God brought them out of Egypt and he said, uh, You're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. You will be holy, for I am holy. Right? Yeah. Okay. So how did we get to the point that they have a king? Then how did we get to a point that we have bad kings? Well, we know with Solomon dedicating the temple and Jeroboam and the kingdom being split. Jeroboam and Rehoboam and Jeroboam introducing idolatry. Uh, So Jeroboam's name was wiped off the face of the earth and Basha, and so that idolatry was carried down. But how did we get to the point where God was their God and they were His people? But now all of a sudden we have a king, and would they still want a king if they had known what was going to happen? Well, next week, we're going to get into they knew what was going to happen and when they got a king because God told them specifically what was going to happen. So I'm going to give you a little preface here. But then next week, we're going to get into the full story. Because, I mean, God, 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 God literally tells them, tells them what's going to happen. So let's go to, now this is just a preface. This is not next week Uh, yet. So 1 Samuel 8, 9. Now therefore, Samuel, God's talking to Samuel. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, how be it yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So God's getting ready to tell them what's going to happen. So now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots, and he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards, your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. And he will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Do you see what's going on? God is telling him right here, right now, what's going to go on when they get a king. But the people's answer to Samuel. This is fascinating. Nevertheless, the people refuse to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, God, we understand all that. We know what's going to happen. We still want a king. All right. So until next week when we start up with the study of Samuel and Saul. All right.